This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Logan was our movie this morning. How many of you, The Wolverine is your favorite X-Men? It's got to be your favorite. He's the best one on the team for sure. This was the last, uh, I believe the last time Hugh Jackman is supposed to be playing the Wolverine. For those of you who are not familiar um, with the X-Men franchise, this is all about superheroes that, superheroes that have uh, different powers. And in our At The Movie series, what we are doing, we're not just showing movies at the ch- at church for fun of it on Sunday morning. We are actually talking about that there's actually biblical themes in so many movies that are out nowadays, and I'm going to give you a scriptural justification um, why we are showing movies um, at church. But there's so many there's so many things borrowed from the scripture in this movie. Obviously, they mention Eden, um, and we could think of ourselves as those children being chased by sin and death, unable to defend ourselves, and then a savior comes in the middle and sacrifices um, himself for us, and then obviously the cross and X imagery at the end. But there's so many things about this movie. You know, if you um, do not like violent movies, I recommend you not see this movie. And like I said last week, we're not looking at these movies to get our morals from new movies that are coming out. That's not what I'm suggesting. You don't have to watch any of the movies um, that we are showing the clips of during this series. Um, But we're going to be seeing biblical truths that are being expressed in themes and archetypes that are being produced in movies in 2019, borrowing ideas from the scripture. Here, once again, is our biblical justification for doing this. Acts chapter 17, Paul is talking to a bunch of unsaved people here on Mars Hill in Greece, and he says this, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods in the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him. So this is true about everybody, that God is reaching out to every individual on the earth. And toward him and find him yet. He is actually not far from any one of us for in him We live and move and have our being even as some of your poets have said for we are indeed His offspring now that quote is from a a Greek secular poet of the time and what Paul is doing is he's taking something in uh, from the culture at that time and he's teaching something uh, about a biblical truth or a transcendent truth you might want to say and that's what I would say is happening in so many of the movies today and specifically movies like this where the hero is sacrificing uh, him or herself and that's what we're going to be talking about today this idea of sacrificial love and there are so many movies that have this theme and, and one of the things that i would say about this theme that it keep it keeps showing up it keeps popping up in movies and it affects us in very strange ways um, with made up characters who have made up powers and we watch movies like this and i, I saw this movie uh, with my daughter and a bunch of other girls who did not want to see this movie but this was the best choice. You know, if you're ever going to go to the movies and you're like, okay, I guess we'll go to that. It was kind of like that. And I was the only one that wanted to see it. At the end of this movie, they were all crying. For a made-up character. 
But, but this idea, this principle, this truth that we would see, that this idea of sacrificial love, it shows up in so many different movies. And once again, what, what I'm suggesting is the reason that we keep telling this story is because this is actually the gospel story. I, I would suggest it's actually in our DNA. We keep telling this story over and over again. And in the gospel, it shows up that the hero comes and sacrifices himself um, for all mankind. There's so many movies that have this. Uh, for those of you that saw Guardians of the Galaxy, do you remember Groot? I am Groot, the tree, man, whatever, that he sacrificed himself at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Have you ever seen the movie Cliffhanger? Sylvester Stallone. It's a terrible movie, but I can't stop and watch it every time it's on TV. And it's a rock climbing movie. And there's about three movies that, that, that have this theme where somebody's rock climbing and then, you know, a rope breaks, right? And then there's like three people hanging off of the mountain and the person on the end of the rope, what do they do? Are you with me this morning? What do they do? They cut themselves. Why? They cut themselves free. They cut the rope and then they die so that the other people can live. Star Wars, back in the day, Obi-Wan Kenobi sacrificed himself. Independence Day, the original one with Will Smith, Randy Quaid flew his plane up into the aliens <laughs> to save the world. Interstellar, Matthew McConaughey, shout out to the girls. You guys like him? It's a looking dude. Interstellar is all about him sacrificing himself for somebody else. That is a really great movie, by the way. Um, Another 80s movie, sorry, I'm an 80s child, The Wrath of Khan. Mr. Spock sacrificed himself. He went in the radiation chamber to save the crew. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. So profound right there. He went in there, saved everybody. So good. The, the, the last uh, Batman iteration. Do you remember Batman in the last movie? He took the bomb out over the harbor in the, you know, to, to, to sacrifice himself. The last Superman, or the second last Superman, Superman versus Batman, that Superman sacrificed himself. Now, obviously he came back the next movie, but once again, more Jesus imagery, <laughs> just stealing from the Bible, left, right, and center. Avengers Endgame. No spoilers, no spoilers. I'm just telling you, it wouldn't be an Avengers movie if there wasn't somebody going to sacrifice themselves. You already know going in, somebody's going to die. You know it. And then the last one, which is super obvious and it's maybe kind of cheating, The Passion of the Christ. If you've ever seen that movie, the, the Mel Gibson version, you know, I don't believe in all of the theology that's in that movie, uh, all of the imagery, but I, I was still youth pastor when that movie came out and we took our youth group to see that. And that's a really hard movie to watch. If you've ever seen it, it is really hard to watch. But I know for me, one of the things that I got from watching that movie and any time I'm watching a Jesus movie in and around Easter is this idea of Jesus' willingness to go to the cross. It wasn't so much so somebody forcing him. It wasn't Pilate. It wasn't all of these different other circumstances. It wasn't the Jews. It was Jesus willingly laying himself down and this is, I would say, this is the mother of all themes. This is the mother of all archetypes that we would see in the scripture. And it's very important for us to understand what this means to us in our lives. It's so important for us to understand as it relates to our relationship with God. And then how we should be in the world, 
because somebody will sacrifice themselves for us. This idea of sacrificing sacrificial love. So let's turn over to John chapter 10. If you haven't finished your popcorn, maybe you can put it aside for a second, eat it on the way home. So I would say for our relationship with God, understanding the love of God, it has to be our starting place. If we don't understand the love of God and we don't understand it from the scripture, we can get so confused um, from, for so many different reasons and, and we miss out at what is at the core of the message of the Bible. Like I said, this is the mother of all themes. This is the mother of all archetypes. And, and once again, we, there is not going to be movies coming out that are going to discover a new theme that's better than sacrificial love. It happens over and over again. And we keep telling the story over and over again. We cannot get away from it. John chapter 10 verse 11 says this. I am, Jesus is speaking, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, and leaves the sheep, and flees. So we just saw that in the movie. Those kids were, they needed to be protected, and, and, and what did the wolverine do? He stopped, and he protected them. He sacrificed himself. He didn't just run away. Oh, there's danger. You know, I'm going to run away from this situation. That's what a hired hand would do. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus says again, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. That Jesus willingly sacrificed himself for us. Now, once again, if you've grown up in church, you've heard a thousand, a million times, God loves you, Jesus loves you. You know how to sing the song, Jesus loves you, this I know. You can sing it. And sometimes what happens to us, if we hear things over and over again... We actually, they end up don't mean anything anymore because we've heard it so many times. But it's very important for us to understand the love of God, not just to hear about it, not just to uh, mentally agree with it, but this idea, the sacrificial love that God sent his son and Jesus willingly did something for us, that he protected us for eternity. He laid himself down for you and for me. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Now he's going to take love up a bunch of notches to help us to understand about the love of God. So um, we might scarcely or might be maybe a chance that I would sacrifice myself for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would even dare to die. So a righteous person, then a good person. You know, I might sacrifice myself. You you could explain some sort of scenario where something would happen and this good person that I would want to protect this person so that I would, I would choose 
to sacrifice myself for somebody else, for somebody else based on how good they are. Based on a measure of goodness in them. Oh, I would love them because they are good. But listen to what the next phrase is. But God, so here's the two other things. It would be the love of man. But then it says, but God. And then we're going to try to capture this idea of the love of God. And, and the love of God that we would, uh, def- the Greek word would be agape. That this love would be different than just friendship love. Um, more than just, you know, the love and affection between a, a husband and a wife. It would be just a different type of love. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, let's think about this. For, once again, if you've been in church, you've heard that a million times. But let's think about what this means. So for a good person, I might do something. I might defend them. For a righteous person, I might do something. But God's love, he does something for somebody that his love shows up that even while we are sinners, even while we are pushing God away, even while we are rejecting God. Can you remember a season in your life like that? I'm not talking about someone who's not going to church today. You know, you're looking down your nose. Oh, they just reject God. Do you remember when you rejected God? Scripture is telling us God in that moment when we push him away. God's love goes beyond for just the good people and maybe the partially righteous. That Jesus would sacrifice himself for the people that are rejecting him. The people that are pushing against him, that are no interest in him. This is how far God's love goes. Agape love, the God kind of love. Love that's based, it's not based on how good you are. Or what you're doing, it is strictly based on God himself. That the love God gives to you, he's not looking at you and deciding how good you were this week. And then you showed up on Sunday to maybe alleviate some of your badness. So you you know, you were like 30% bad this week and you maybe yelled at your kids. And they go, oh, okay, I go to church to make this right. I'll go to church and then maybe God will love me more. Listen to this phrase. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. Now, does that mean that we should act in sinful ways with a, hey, I got a free pass now. Well, that's not the point of what I said. It's to understand the love of God. It's to understand that God calls us into this loving relationship and to see and to understand and maybe we could fathom the love of God a little bit. And this is why it shows up in a story. This is why it shows up in the story of the life of Christ so that we can understand something. Because once again, when we watch this story on the screen, it hits us. And we watch and we watch it made. We know they're made up. We know these are pretend characters. What's happening to us? It's the ultimate theme. That God is showing us. That the story of God's love is being told over and over and over and over again. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. For this reason I bow my knee before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth is named. 
that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. See, this is the base. This is what's underneath our relationship with God, that our roots, where would the roots of our relationship with God be? They'd be in the love of God. That is the starting place for our relationship with God. It's the roots. It's down deep. This is what Paul is saying. We need to understand something about the love of God. And it's where our roots should be. It's where our understanding should be about who God is and how God thinks and feels and acts toward us. Rooted and grounded in love. It is the base of our relationship with God. There is nothing below it. Other than his love. Verse 18 may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. What does that mean? It means that we would understand with the family of God. What is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Trying to explain the expanse of God's love. Well, it's here and then it's there and then it's up there and it's as far down there as you could go. So how can we understand it? Well, it, it kind of surpasses our knowledge. It's actually bigger than we could imagine. It's bigger than just singing, Jesus loves me. Do you understand what I mean by that? Sort, sort of with, you know, you know when Carol's going to sing, Jesus loves well, No, it's, it's, it's so big and it's so strong. And how do we know? How do we know that it's big and it's strong and it's powerful? Well, sacrificial love showed it to us. It's not just, it's not just about a feeling. It's not just, just about a feeling, a fleeting feeling that we have or, or just words that we would say. See, you know, parents, you might, you might have a little bit of idea of, of God's love, a measure of God's love that you would have that you would feel towards your children. But then God's love goes beyond that. God's love surpasses that. It surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God, the fullness of who God is, is love. And God wants us to be full of this idea that he, he loves me, that God loves me. See, many times we base our relationship, our, our life, uh, what we're rooted and grounded in is how do people feel about me? Do you know that not everybody likes you. Not everybody's going to like your Instagram posts. And for real, they don't actually like you sometimes. Some of the people that you're friends with on Facebook don't actually like you. <laughs> I know this for a fact. Because <laughs> I have friends on Facebook and they don't actually like me. And then what can happen to us in life that we end up basing our life and how we think about life and how we think about ourselves based on that. Because we all know we've gone through hard times and difficult times where somebody hurt us, somebody did something to us. And in that moment, all we can think about is them. Let's tell the truth this morning. We don't actually wake up thinking that my life is rooted and grounded in God. We think, you know, my dad, why was he such a jerk? 
or, or, or my mom, why was she this? Or my best friend, why did they leave me? Or my, my spouse, why did they walk away from me? And then our whole life becomes rooted and grounded in pain and in hurt from a person. But God wants our lives to be rooted and grounded in his love that has nothing to do with you and your behavior. It has to do with who he is. He is the loving heavenly father that has sent his son for you and has made a way for you, has sacrificed himself for you. Sacrifice, sacrificial love. What does it mean to sacrifice something? It means that something that I, that I have, I could actually use for another purpose, but I'm going to actually dedicate it for somebody else. And, and the for somebody else part is the most important part, not the actual sacrifice. It's, there's a reason for the sacrifice. The sacrifice is important. But there's a reason for the sacrifice. What is the sacrifice that we see in the scripture? What, what Jesus sacrificed himself for us. Why? So that we would know that God loves us. Something that could be used for another purpose. But then it was given for love. Parents in the room. How expensive is it to have children? Apparently it's really expensive to have grandchildren too. I hear how many trips could you have gone on if you didn't have children? Oh, it was like low. It's like, oh, don't make me think about it. Don't make me calculate it. How many, how many of the continents could you have visited? You could even gone to Antarctica if you didn't have children. But, but what, what, what were you doing? What were you doing? You were sacrificing it for your kids. See, but you didn't have a problem with it. Why? Because it's based on love. That there's a reason for the event. There's the reason for the event of sacrifice. See, and we're supposed to see, thank God for the cross, but we're supposed to see that there's a reason for the cross. Jesus on the cross was not just for the blood and the guts and the gore of it. There's a reason. The love of God that Jesus is sacrificing himself. Why? Because God, God... God loves you. And we can't actually fathom it. We can't actually put words on it properly. It's, it's too big for us to actually describe. And then when we watch a movie, we might actually feel it in some way. It might actually connect with us on the soul level. Like way, way down deep in our heart. That we recognize this love that we see and this is the love we want and this is the love that's been given this is the love that's been given for us see and God wants us to understand that and God wants us to take that in that that is the basis of our relationship with God is that God so loved the world that he sent his son. See, in this love, once again, th this idea of love not just informs how we have our relationship with God, but it is supposed to inform how we live in the world. 
First John chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us. So this is the ultimate descriptor of love, that he laid down his life. Not just that he felt something for you, not just that he said something, but he acted. Love acts, love moves, love does. He laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So the love that we would understand or we could try to fathom the love of God, the love that we would understand that God gives to us and the relationship that we have with them is based on is actually how we are supposed to live in the world. Oh, he he laid his life down. Oh, you, you should lay your life down. You should sacrifice your life. So what does that mean? Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship, a living sacrifice. Now, we would see all the way through the Old Testament and within the story and within the sacrifice of Jesus, the sacrifice means death, that some something or someone is going to die. But here, because of the work of Christ... He's calling us to be living sacrifices. That we give up ourselves, not the breath that we have and not our actual lives, but we live in such a way that it is sacrificial love. And it's displayed in our relationships. And this is why I say this is the mother of all themes. This is the mother of all archetypes. This idea will change the literal world. The, lit, the Like the real world you live in. How do I know this? Has vengeance worked? Have you ever tried vengeance? Did it solve the problem? Have we seen in history vengeance from one country to another? Did that solve any problems? No, it just created a bunch more problems. So how, how are we supposed to live with other people? We're supposed to see ourselves... As, oh, I'm a recipient of the love of God. I, he laid himself down. How is it that I can lay myself down as I live? As I'm living my life, how can I give my life for somebody else? This is the key to life. This is the key to living life. There's nothing deeper than this. There's nothing below this. This is the ultimate thing. Because, too, it is very easy in our culture to think, well, you know, if I eat this, if I drink this, if I have enough sexual experiences, if I do this, if I get this, if I buy something, if I, all of these things. Now, all of those things aren't inherently bad. But the point is, the accumulation of those things is not what life is about. Life is about sacrificial love. The giving of yourself to others. This will solve your marriage problems. Solving your marriage problems is not trying to get your spouse to act how you want them to act. That is not sacrificial love. We don't actually like that person in the movies. The person in the movies who tries to force everybody to act like they want them to do, what happens? We kill them in the movies. There is not, that's not the theme of life. Trying to force people to do this. We're going to force you to do this. We're going to make you to do this. And if you don't do it, we're going to kill you. No, we don't love that person. We reject that theme. 
So stop trying to do that in your marriage. Stop trying to force your spouse to ah, do what I want you to do. Here's, here's marriage 101. Sacrifice for your spouse. Give up your life for your spouse. Amen. End of story. Solve your marriage problems <laughs> right there. <laughs> John 15, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. How has he loved us? Sacrificially. The giving up of self. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Listen. There's nowhere to run from this. This is how the world is set up. This is how the world is. And God calls us to this love that we could experience the life and the love of God. First John chapter 4. Here's how we should be as a church. First John chapter 4. Listen, our church, we have a lot of technology in our church. We got a lot of stuff up here. We got a lot of stuff in our kids' rooms. We got a lot of technology everywhere. We got screens, blah, 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 coming out of every spot. We've got technology. None of our technology will matter unless we love each other. Are you out there this morning? Unless we learn to be loving like the way God loved us, none of this, none of, none of it matters. Because God is inviting us into this way of life. What way? Uh, the sacrificial love way of life. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So what's the evidence of our relationship with God? What does it look like? It looks like we love people. Are you out there today? The evidence of us knowing God is that we love people. Now, when we're talking about love, once again, we're talking about the agape love of God. Love based on a choice. Not love, not ooey, gooey, gushy, blah, whatever, love. Like real life love. I'm choosing to love you. Now, does that mean we all get along? And does that mean we all believe everything exactly the same? And that we all have the same political beliefs and blah, blah, blah down the road? No, it means that the outgrowth... The evidence of my relationship with God is I love people. What was that love like? Even while we were yet sinners, even while we were disagreeing with God, he loved us. So find somebody you disagree with and love them. Sacrifice yourself for them. And once again, it could be your spouse. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. This is why I say there is nothing below this. There, there's no, we're not going to search. There's not going to be a greater theme. There's not going to be a greater archetype than love. It is the, the reason for creation. It is the reason for you to exist, to have a love relationship with God and then to love people sacrificially this is who he is he is love well how do I know 
that he is love? Is this because is this he feels it? Or he says it? No, he acted sacrificially for you. There, there was no hope for you and I in this world. We were being chased down by the enemy. And, and we, we had no defense. And we have no defense in our flesh for sin. We have no defense in and of ourselves from death. But Jesus came. He defeated sin and he defeated death so that we could actually know him. And we could live with hope in this world. Why? Because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. That God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so love us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. See, this is how we're, we're going to understand and maybe fathom the love of God a little bit more when we let it to flow through us. We let it come through us. What's going to happen is his love is going to perfect us. Not, not just the understanding of the idea, not, not just the seeing of the principle, but his, his love is actually going to come through me to somebody else. And that I'm going to be perfected. I'm going to be changed because the love of God is coming through me. See, this is why we give people a chance, an opportunity, a wonderful opportunity to serve here at the church. Why? Because we want the love of God to flow through you to somebody else. Because church should be about a place where we embrace sacrifice. That I'm going to sacrifice my time and my effort so that some other mom could sit in church and I'm going to look after their kid. Sacrifice. That I'm going to sacrifice my time. I'm going to come early and I'm going to stay late so that someone else can feel welcomed and loved at church. That's what the city team is doing. What are they doing? They could be doing other stuff with their time. But what are they doing? They're displaying sacrificial love. That's why we keep giving you opportunities. Sign up. Guilt, we're not making you feel guilty. But it is an opportunity for you to love each other. And we don't feel bad asking you to be part of the city team. Why? Because of this. What I'm just reading right now. Love each other. Amen. Pastor moments, you know. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, verse 13, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Verse 17 of the same chapter. By this, his love is perfected with us so we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Why do we have confidence for the day of judgment? Because of the love of God, not because of our own goodness. You better not want to go to the day of judgment proclaiming your own goodness. What are we going to proclaim at the day of judgment? Uh, Jesus. Jesus is the one that did it for me. 
There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. So what is our response to sacrificial love that comes our way? What's our response? Uh, I'm going to love somebody else. See, and this is so important, young person. The, the love that you would give to the world should not be based on an ism. Not a political ism or an ideology or something some professor would teach you. But your love for others should be based on the love of God. See, because if our love for the population is based on our ism, political or otherwise, that means our starting place is that we don't actually like half the population because half the population votes on the other side of the aisle. And so what I'm, what I'm, what I'm doing, I'm pretending I'm going to, oh, I'm, we're going to love people in our neighborhood based on my ism. And that means based on me. That's a little bit arrogant. But the love of God is for everybody. The love that we give should be based on the love that God has given to us. It is unconditional. It's not, oh, do you believe, Mike? Do you believe like me? Do you think like me? I will love you. Do you believe you look like me? Do you act like me? Oh, now I will love you. No, it's based on the love of God who gave his son for all. Who gave his love to all of us. And so we will never run across somebody that God doesn't want to love through my life. I won't have to check how they believe or how they think or how they look. They are loved by God and God wants his love to flow through me and you. Why? Because Jesus sacrificed himself. He's given himself for us so that we can experience his love. And then we can have this love flow through us. Let's just pray this morning. God, we are so thankful for your love today. God, we can barely fathom how much you love us and how much you love the world and how much you love the city. God, and we just pray right now that we just get a fresh revelation, a fresh understanding of your love for us. And God, we just pray that you help us to love others. God, I want you to use me to love somebody else. And as I love, that that love will be perfected in me. God, help me to sacrifice myself for others. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.